Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. If you got your Bibles, um, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 31. Give me strength, Holy Spirit. Acts 16, 25 through 31. Thank you for watching online. All the folks I know, people are watching all over the world, man. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being a part of this family. I know if you lived in Miramar, you will be here, but you're not here. You're you're, you're overseas, so we we love you. If you're in different states, man, we love you. Thank you for being a part of the cool world that we're building. How many of y'all thankful we're not just building a cool church? We're building a cool world. Amen? If you don't have the um, the Bible, you can jump right on the Cool Church app. That'll help you out. There's a Bible in there, and all the notes that I'm I'm gonna be uh, speaking from in this sermon are gonna be right there. But Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 31. I want to read a story that. If you've been in church for a long time, this story is very familiar to you. And they've even made songs about this story. But if you haven't been in church at all, I'll do my best to break it down for you to give you um, some understanding. So Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 31, I'm reading out of the NIV, should sound something like this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Somebody say late in the midnight hour. Come on, baby. Oh, I see you trying to get on the worship team, baby. <laughs> Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake at the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. How many of y'all believe that some people going to get loose today? Come on. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Look at your neighbor say, we are all here. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much because you picked them second. Say, we are all here. I love it. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. How many of y'all still believing for somebody in your household to be saved? I declare in the mighty name of Jesus because of your faith, we gonna see your family members saved before it's all said and done. Amen? Come on. Then they spoke the word, I love this, of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Wow. Then immediately, say immediately, he and all his household were baptized. Mm -mm -mm. I love that. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And they were filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He 
and his whole household. And the church said, man, it's a good story. I hope you're ready because today, if you're taking notes, we have entitled this message, The Jailer's Journey. The Jailer's Journey. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you before the earth began to spin on its axis. You knew each and every human that was going to be in this place today. I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. Open hearts, minds, and ears to be open and receptive to a word that will always and only be about your son, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, I pray that before this is all said and done, the one that needs to hear this word the most is going to hear it. And you're going to change them immediately. Change them from the inside out. Change them so that they can start a beautiful journey in you, Christ Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, take about five seconds and give Jesus Christ some praise. Let's get some energy in here. Come on. Come on. baptism Sunday celebration Sunday why do we get baptized why don't we get baptized because Jesus got baptized and the church said he didn't have to he was perfect but he did it because he wanted to set an example for us if you read Matthew chapter 4 Jesus uh, gets baptized by John the Baptist and, and an exchange happens where they say let it be so now this is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness Jesus wanted to fulfill all protocol because he was the fulfillment of the law so Jesus who has no sin who became sin for us so that in him we will become the righteousness of God he gets baptized and gives us an example of what to do because baptism is a representation that we can see of something dying and something being reborn. Jesus knew he would have to die on the cross, but before he dies on the cross, he foreshadows his own death by going down in the water, and he's leaving that sin, that death buried, but then he raises up again to a new resurrected life. This is what he is trying to show us, that there's some things in us that have to die in order for us to be reborn. And when he gets baptized, I love this, people see it. It's in the sight of a bunch of witnesses. That's another reason that we get baptized. Why? Because we're making a public declaration of our faith in Jesus. But the, mind, the best part for me, the last reason I believe we get baptized is because when Jesus got baptized, literally the sky opens up. A dove ascends from heaven representing the Holy Spirit. And the audible voice of God is heard by all the people in attendance. And God says this about his son. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. God is pleased with you when you are obedient to him. Some of us have been baptized. Some of us have not been baptized. If you're on the fence about baptism, I'm just trying to let you know that your father will be pleased if you are obedient to him in this. What does that have to do with Acts chapter 16? I just wanted to set the premise for baptism and why it's so important for us as believers. But if you've been in church for as long as I have, you've heard the story of Paul and Silas. 
I love the story of Paul and Silas because Paul and Silas were just men of God doing God's work. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. Paul and Silas, man, they're traveling, they they planting churches, they they preaching the gospel, and they come up on this city, and there's this demon-possessed young lady, and this demon-possessed young lady has handlers. She is enslaved by them. They are her masters, and this this young lady has a, a, a gift, but she has this gift because she deals in divination. She is um, captive to some demonic spirits in her that give her abilities to see things in the spirit. How many of you know that there is real spiritual warfare happening around us all the time? Just like there's good power in the spirit, there's bad power in the spirit. And this young lady is held captive to not just the men of the earth, but she is held captive to these demonic spirits and she is able to tell fortunes. And she is walking around and when she sees Paul and Silas walking in the city, she, without them saying who they are, she already knows because a demonic spirit has told her exactly who they are. Because here, here, here's the thing, the, the, the demons may not worship Jesus, but they know exactly who he is. And they tremble. They tremble at him. So when the spirit of God is inside of you, best believe the enemy can identify you. He knows because there's something in you. There's a power that he has to respect and recognize. So the demonic possessed woman, she comes up, oh, these men of God here. Yeah, yeah, these men of God. And she keeps just following them around like Paul just trying to ignore it. Like he just chilling. But Paul kind of like me. He was from Carroll City. He get kind of ratchet sometimes. He got annoyed by this young lady who kept on calling him out. He was just trying to be incognito, just trying to chill. They didn't want to make a big scene about who he was. No, that's the men of God right there. That's the men of God right there. I know them. I know them well. That's them right there. Paul got so mad. He's like, man, I'm done with this. He was like, come out, demon. In the moment, demon came out of that girl. She lost her ability to tell fortunes, which made her handlers or her captives mad because they were using the power of this young woman to make money. So they told the authorities because that was their income. They were enslaving this woman and using these demonic powers in order to make funds off. They didn't care about this girl. They didn't care about it. They used her. To make a living off of her. And Paul's sick of everything that he was seeing. He said, come on, demon came out. That girl lost that ability. She was set free right now in that moment in Jesus' name. And these men were mad. Because now they lost their funds. They lost their ends. They, they, they told the authorities. And the authorities take Paul inside and throw them in jail. Not only do they throw them in jail, they beat them within inches of their life. And then once they do that, they put them in the deepest, darkest cell in the jail. They put them in stocks. Their head and their hands are bound like this. They're on their knees. They're probably stripped down in a cold, wet, dark dungeon. No light. The, the jailer whooped their behinds, threw them in that doggone cell, and then he stands guard. And Paul and Silas, when they should have felt defeated for doing all the right things. How I many you know sometimes you're going to do all the right things and you're still going to get in trouble? Do all the right things, and it still may go wrong for you, but trust me when I tell you, when you do the right things, even if it goes wrong, God is still for you. They get down into that pit of that jail. They find themselves locked in stocks, humiliated. They should have been embarrassed. I'm sure they were in pain. I'm sure their knees were aching. I'm sure their backs were broken. 
And instead of being depressed, they do something that I don't know if I can actually do myself. They start singing. They start singing a song. Fred Hampton ain't right. He stole it from them. I could see him in the jail saying, late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. He's gonna work in our favor. They just kept on singing. They kept on singing late in the midnight hour, in the middle of the night, the darkest moments. They start singing. Do you have the audacity to still have faith in your darkest moments? Are you crazy enough to sing when you should be suffering? Late in the midnight hour, God's going, and I love it, because as they sang that song, the earth began to shake. Not only did the earth begin to shake, the gates of the prison began to shake and break, and eventually they flew open, but not only did their gates fly open, the gates of all the prisons flew open, and everybody in the prison had access to freedom in a moment, because in a moment of suffering, somebody started singing. How many of you know sometimes your salvation is in your mouth? Sometimes you want to be depressed when you suffer. Sometimes you want to talk down when you suffer. Sometimes you want to give up when you suffer, but I encourage you today that when you're suffering, sing, sing praises to the most high God. Sing glory to God in the highest. Sing that he is the king of kings. Sing that he is the Lord of lords. Sing no matter how bad it gets, I'm not going to take my eyes off Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith. And if you sing, I promise you, not only will the chains fall off of you, but chains going to start falling off all around you because you had the audacity to sing when you should have suffered. I preached that pretty good, huh? But that ain't even the story I came to tell you today. I love that story. I've heard that story time and time again. My entire life. And I love that story. Because it's a great story. And it's an epic story. But the best part of that story is what happens after what I just described. <laughs> we love to sing late in the midnight hour. God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in our favor. But that's not even the meat of this story. This story is a story about freedom. And it's freedom that led to a baptism. Oh my goodness gracious. Because when you're truly free, the thing that I love about baptism is it's the perfect way to express the freedom that you found in Christ Jesus. Not only is it the perfect way to express it, it's the way that everybody gets to see. You can live unashamed about the God that you serve. I, I, I love it because as I was reading this passage, I thought about a few things, three to be exact, that we learn from the jailer about baptism. And the first is this, if you're taking notes. Just write this down. We are all here. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, we are all here. Come on, the other one. Come on, don't make them feel bad. Say, we are all here. <laughs> Acts 
chapter 16, verses 25 through 31, or excuse me, verses 27 through 28, my apologies, says, the jailer wakes up, y'all, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer, in essence, he would have been a Roman jailer, a Philippian jailer. And this jailer, he failed at his job. Because all the gates of the prison was open and anybody could escape that wanted to escape. So it didn't matter that it was a natural disaster. Rome did not care. They was like, bruh, you had one job. Make sure no one escapes. My man sees all the prison doors fly open. He felt the earthquake. He was like, well, guess it's time for me to go. This is the same thing that the guards must have thought when, when the earthquake happened that allowed the stone to be rolled away as it pertains to Jesus. Because if you were a Roman soldier and your prisoners escaped, it was a, it was a certain death penalty. So he was like, you know what, let me save y'all the trouble. Let me just do this myself because I already know that if one of these prisoners escaped, I'm going to get killed anyway because I didn't do my job properly. What I find is that this man's job was to keep everybody in prison, but he was in a prison himself. He was probably the greatest captive of the entire jail. He, he was a prisoner in his own prison. The one that was supposed to keep the people in prison was not free himself. And at that moment, he thought, man, the only way out of my failure is death. That's a real thought. How many times in our lives, and don't raise your hands, this is an internal inventory question I'm asking you. Have you thought that, man, this failure is the worst thing that could ever happen and I don't think I can come back from this? That's a real thought that humans have. I can't sit here and act like we super. No, I never thought that, Pastor. Okay, well, you're better than the rest of us. But there's so many times that our failure seems so final. Like, has life ever gotten so bad that the only way you thought you could be free from your failure is to take your own life? This is the place that the jailer was in. This is the position he found himself in. And there are people in this room right now, and you have given up on life, or you're watching on online right now, and you have given up on life because you see no other way out of the failure of your situation, so you believe that death is better than bondage. What do you do when life gets so bad, you begin to question your own existence? Like, all your loved ones people that you thought was going to be there, they abandoned you. And you start to ask yourself, well, wh why am I still here? Or you lost your job, can't get, you know, don't got any money. You don't know what else to do. You can't figure out a way to make ends meet. You start getting depressed and you start sitting in your loneliness and you start asking yourself, well, 
why am I still here? Or maybe, and it's a real thing, you just get out of prison and nobody wants to hire you. You've been reformed, but nobody cares about that. All they care about is your past and they don't care about your future. So you say, well, what else do I do? If I don't go back to what I was doing before, then why am I even still here? A doctor looked at you, said, well, Mr. or Mrs., sorry, nothing we could do. It's terminal. You got such and such time to live. It's stage four. It's this, it's that. I know, you know, you might have faith in all that. You better start praying to whoever you pray to because it ain't looking good to you when you start to ask, well, why am I, God, why am I still here? Maybe your marriage is falling apart. Losing the, the, the love of your life and you put so much into that person. All your faith, everything was built into that person. That person doesn't want you no more for whatever reason. And now you start to question the value of your own life. And you say, well, why am I still here? Or maybe nobody knows that you've been getting abused. Or you think nobody knows. Or you think because you've been getting abused so long that even if people do know, they don't even care because they just allow you to still sit in that situation like that. And you start to ask yourself, well, why am I still here? Why am I still here? Or maybe the bullying is out of control. Bullying ain't just something that happened to our teenagers anymore. I see grown people bully grown people on social media every day. You can't take it. You sick of all the comments. You can't, you can't compartmentalize the comments. You can't separate what's real from what's fake and it's starting to weigh on you and it's making you depressed and giving you anxiety. If you're living in that space, we actually have folks here that can help you. I'm looking at Leo right now, his wife, Lucy. Man, if you need to be connected to some amazing counselors, they can actually help with that. You don't have to sit in that depression or that anxiety alone. You don't have to just eat all those comments and all that stuff people are saying about you because let me tell you something, social media is not real. You care about what people type about you? No, care about what God says about you. You're a son. You're a daughter. But for some people, that's easier said than done. We say amen, but there's still somebody sitting out there right now and they can't separate it. And you ask yourself, why am I still here? Well, maybe you've recently lost someone. Somebody that was so close to you passed away. And now you're questioning yourself like if they're not here, why should I still be here? Why am I still here, God? It should have been me. Why am I still here? Maybe that's where you find yourself today. And I want you to hear the word of a loving God to you today. No matter who you are, what seat you're sitting in, wherever you are in the world, hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is clear in the Bible. It says... Don't harm yourself. We are all here. I wish somebody could feel that in their spirit, man, because it's, so, it's somebody sitting here. You sit in a crowd of people and you feel alone. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. You know why I know that Christianity is beautiful and it's based on love because those Christian men you know what they did 
it's so beautiful what the Bible says that they did. They knew the occupation of this jailer and they knew the consequences of their escape. And you know what they chose to do? We gonna stay right here. Because they funneled their actions through love instead of thinking about themselves, they could have been like, whoa, I'm out. No, 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 hey, 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 I can see Paul and say, hey, y'all chill. Don't move. Somebody's life is on the line right now. Stay where you at. We free, but he's not free. Hey, don't harm yourself. We're, when, you, when you operate through the lens of love, you stop just thinking about yourself. And you start seeing other people in this situation. And when, when you know you're a child of God now, you want the best for other people because when you're free, you want other people to be free too. Their compassion kept them in the prison. Their compassion kept them there. And I love this because as it pertains to baptism, as we talk about the, the collective body, I need somebody to hear, we are all here. You're not alone in your situation. We are all bearing witness to it. You may feel like you're alone, but guess what? We're here too. We've been through stuff. We got issues, but we still here. We are, I need somebody to just let that resonate in their spirit today. Like, don't allow your issues to manipulate you and make you feel like you're alone. We're all here. You think you're the only person going through something on this planet right now? Man, we all here. You ain't go through that pandemic alone. Hey, we were all here through it. You think you're the only one depressed? We all here. You think you're the only one with anxiety? We all here. You think you're the only one that can be struggling to make it? You robbing Peter to pay Paul? Let me tell you something. I've been there. We all here. We are all here. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. You are not alone. And when you get baptized, I want you to understand the reason that the crowd has to be there, the reason that the collective has to be there, because we want to be able to hold you accountable. We want to bear witness. We want you to know that you are not alone. We want you to know that we are all here. And at one point in our life, we had to do the same thing. We had to make a public declaration that Jesus was our Lord and Savior. And people cheered for us. And because people cheered for us and stood with us, we're still in the fight. We're still here. And if we're still here, you can be here too. We are all here. Why do we need more believers in this world? Because our very presence makes a situation better for somebody else. Just by being, they didn't even have to preach a sermon. All they said was, we here. That was enough to change that man's life. Some of y'all think you need to like, and God said right now in the name of Jesus that you must come out of your anxiety. Come out of your depression. Come out of your fear. Come out of your trauma. Come out of your trauma. Shut up. Just walk in the room and say, I'm here. 
Put a hand on their shoulder. Don't worry, man, I'm here. I'm here. Sometimes you just do too much as believers when God's just asking you to be there. I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. See, when you get free, the best use of your freedom is to help others be free too. Be free. I love what John 8, 36 tells us that so if the son says you free, you will be free indeed. So I'm asking you today to live in freedom because when you realize you are free, you know you're never alone. We're all here. But not only are we all here, this is another lesson I learned from the jailer. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Look at your neighbor and say, don't hesitate. <laughs> Acts 16, 29 through 33. Bible says, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Just by them being there, they didn't say you need Jesus. He asked, he prompted the salvation by from their presence alone. I love that. What must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. They made it real simple. Can we stop complicating the gospel for people? What you got to do to be saved? Well, first you need to wear a skirt that is 37 inches long and you need to, um, you know, trim your hair like your pastor and you need to, hey, believe in Jesus. Don't believe in me. Believe in Jesus. Can we simplify this gospel for people? Believe in Jesus. You'll be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. So the people at the house, they went to the house. They got the word too. At that hour of the night. I love that. At that hour. This is the midnight hour. The jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately, somebody say immediately, he and his household were baptized. At that hour of the night, the jailer is like, all right, y'all all be real quiet. Let's go to my house. Let me clean y'all up. And I need to hear more about this, this gospel that y'all talking about. I love it because the Bible says at that hour of the night, the jailer took, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Every now and then, I, I, I'm not saying this uh, so I get a pity party. Every now and then, I suffer with migraines. Somebody say, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. I just told you, I don't want a pity party about it. I'm fine. Um, Jesus will heal it in the name of Jesus. So when I get, you know, migraines or whatever, I'll take, you know, I don't know, Excedrin, whatever. You take something for it. And it's like I got a countdown in my head from the moment I take whatever I take for the migraine to go away. And I kind of say, all right. I'm just thug this out for like 15 more minutes and this thing gonna like kick in. Cause what am I doing? I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the medication to, to kick in so, so that I get the feeling. There's a feeling I'm waiting on. Cause what I feel before I take the medication, I'm like, oh man, this is, oh, this is bad. Like my eyes throbbing, like this is bad. I take, I, take, I take the meds and when I take the meds, I'm waiting for this feeling of peace to come. I'm waiting for it because it takes time from the time I take the medication for it to process and do its work. I think 
what's very interesting to me about this story, as it pertains to salvation, some of us, we treat the effects of salvation like medicine. What does that mean? It's like, it's going to take a while to kick in after you take it. It's going to take a while to kick in after you say yes to Jesus. But that's not what's happening in this story. The word of the Lord was spoken and immediately the jailer's actions changed. I love that when my wife got up here, she said, hey, when you experience Jesus, something happens quickly. Something happens. I mean, there's a noticeable difference in you. You shouldn't accept Jesus today and then 10 years down the road, you're like, I'm still waiting on it to kick in. I'm waiting on it to take. And you're laughing because people be saying that. Why? Because it gives them an excuse to keep doing their nonsense. You're waiting for it to kick in like Excedrin. It's salvation. It's not medicine, it's salvation. It's not medicine, it's life. You, you waiting for life to kick. So, so, so the Bible tells me before Christ, I was dead in my sins. I, listen, I don't want to go from death to lukewarm death to like wake up to a lot. No, I want to go from death to life. It's, a, it's an immediate jump. It's an immediate jump. Some, some, waiting for the salvation to kick in. The moment the jailer got the word, his actions changed. He went from being the man that beat them and jailed them to the man that washed their wounds. Could you imagine the dude that whooped your behind? Hey man, let me, let me take care of that for you. There was an immediate action change in this man. Not just a, a, a change in his word. There was an immediate change in his action. What I'm trying to say is just because he had the title of jailer doesn't mean he had to keep acting like one. Just because they call you a liar doesn't mean you need to keep acting like one. If you get, if you get saved, man, start telling the truth. Stop lying. Like, if they call you a crazy person, Crazy people are never meant to their crazy. Doesn't mean you got to keep acting like one. Stop giving re people reasons to call you crazy. Like, if, if they call you a deadbeat, stop acting like one. Get a job. Put, at least put in the application. Pay the child support. Immediate change. A, a, immediate change. If they if they call if hmm, if they say you for the streets, they say you loose. They call you a tater thought. They say you a promiscuous person. You don't have to keep acting like one. You mad at what people saying? Change. It's up to you to make the change. Like, like, through the power of God, you can change your labels instantly no matter what people call you. 
change your labels. Because the Bible says, I love this, immediately he and his whole household were baptized. Immediately. Like some of us have been waiting to get baptized. Like we've been waiting to make that decision forever. Like you've been, you've been saved for 38 years, seven months, five days, and 10 hours. <laughs> I'm, past, I'm just waiting for the time to be right for my baptism. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. Like you, you're waiting for conditions to be right. These people got baptized in possibly the worst conditions. Yeah. They, they, like, like some of us, man, oh, we gotta get baptized this afternoon. They was getting baptized in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, like around the jail, they getting baptized and we, we around here waiting for conditions to be right for our baptism. Like, like waiting. And then you come up with all kinds of nonsense excuses. All kinds of reasons why. Oh, Pastor, I was going to do it today, but I didn't bring clothes. Shut up. We got a shirt for you. Pastor, uh, Pastor the weather's not good. Looks sunny to me. Like, we live in Florida. Stop. Pe people going to see me if I get back. That's the whole point. We are all here. We're here to see you and support you. But pastor, I want to, before I get back, this, this is probably the one I hear the most. It, 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 it like makes me laugh because I'm like, yo, it's not biblical. It's not the gospel. Pastor, I just want to get some stuff right first. <laughs> you ain't right. Neither am I. You're never going to fully be right. For if you were right, we wouldn't need Jesus for our righteousness is filthy rags. For he that knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we will become the righteousness of God. We are not right. I'm not waiting to be right. You ain't right. Jesus is. He took your wrong and made you right. That's the gospel. I can get baptized because I was right. I got baptized because I know I ain't right but Christ. Once you know where your salvation comes from. Don't hesitate. Get baptized immediately. Some of you should be shaking in your chair. Your palms should be sweating because you know you love Jesus. Nobody's questioning your salvation, but you know you ain't get baptized yet. You need to come back and get baptized today. Like you should feel some kind of way about it in your spirit. You should feel like, oh man, he calling me out. I got to do this. Do it. Why? Because you don't need to wait for this perfect serendipitous moment to get baptized. You got saved. That was the moment. The Bible says repent and be baptized. There's no pause in that. Repent. Go through the process of sanctification. Become a good Christian. Read your Bible cover to cover. And then get... The Bible doesn't say that. Repent. Be baptized. Get baptized. Don't hesitate. Finally, man comes back up. We are all here. Don't hesitate. Celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate. Acts 16, 34. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. The man whole house got saved and they all got baptized. And he was like, hey, y'all, let's have a party. I was just about to kill myself because I thought all y'all was leaving. Let's have a party. I'm celebrating new life. I, I love that. Because salvation and 
baptism is always a celebration, y'all. Like we gonna turn up today. When somebody goes down in the water, you should be like holding it inside of you like this, like, like, like somebody that just shook a two liter soda. And as soon as they pop up, you're like, ah! Let's go! Proud of you, sis. Proud of you, bro. You should be excited because that's what, what do you think heaven's doing while we're doing this down here? Heaven is, oh my gosh. Heaven's so turned, because it's a celebration. Here's what I don't want to see today. Don't, don't, don't be a salvation hater. Don't be a baptism hater. Okay, what are you talking about? You know who you are. Somebody getting baptized, and you know that person, and you know their history, and you see them, and you be saying stuff like, he need to hold him under the water a little bit longer. Make sure we get all them demons out. Bills above. Um, just calling them out by name, Bobby. Somebody in this room named Bobby. I ain't no demon. What you talking about? Don't be a salvation hater, man. Somebody getting baptized. You hold them down longer, but just two seconds longer. Just he 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 don't think we know who he is. Let's, let me let me see how long this baptism lasts. Yeah, you laughing because y'all know folks like that. You know folks. Who, who she thinks she is? I've been saved for 10 years. She's been saved for 10 minutes. She thinks she's better than me. She may not be better than you, but she obedient. Uh, it's like what we not finna do is discount somebody's salvation. We're not going to discount a declaration. We're just not going to do that here. Not even gonna allow it. Like, it's not, it's not okay. Like, don't allow your preconceived notions about people and your insecurities about your own salvation to ruin the party. You ever been to a party with party poopers? Everybody chilling. Having a good old time. You see that one person in the corner. They done been to the bathroom five times. They ain't got nowhere else to go. <laughs> like people partying. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. <laughs> how everybody else turn you in the corner? You, I don't want you at my party. Don't come. Don't come. Pastor, you be dancing and this is how we do it. What you dance to? Our God is an awesome God? Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Like, that's what you're doing at the party? Don't invite me. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. Just not. Don't invite me to that. It's not fun. Like, you look weird when you're the only one not having fun at the party. We are here celebrating. We are here turning up. <laughs> you look strange. As a part of the cool family, let me tell you what we always gonna do. We gonna celebrate people. 
every single Sunday, people getting saved. Give me some keys so this sounds spiritual. But I'm just telling you right now, we get excited when we see salvation because it's the greatest miracle that we ever go see. And we ain't even got to wait for salvation today. If you online, hit the clap, hit the horse. If you in the building, get up on your feet and make some noise because we celebrate when people meet Jesus. celebrate it. Why? Because I'm going to always encourage the behavior I want to see. If we want to see more salvation, we're going to celebrate salvation. That's, what, that's, that's just what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate it. Mike, Kyle, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're going to celebrate it because that's what we want to see. We want to see people transformed. We don't want to see people stay the same. We want people to be excited. And at Cool Church, we always celebrate it because there's nothing we love to see more than people making a public declaration of their salvation. Last verse I'm going to read. And this is probably the most fun in the revelation that God gave me as I was reading this story. Acts 1635 when it was daylight the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with orders release these men so let me tell you what happened they had the wildest party from about midnight probably about 4 or 5 a.m. and the jailer was like hey y'all I don't want to die so we got to go back to the jail real quick. Y'all cool with that, right? Hey, man, hey, man, we all here. We good. They snuck all, they, everybody, everybody snuck back into the jail. Chilling. In the morning, the officials, they said, they didn't know what happened. But they sent word to the jailer. And it was, hey, release those men. Release them. Release this and I started bugging out. I'm like, hold on, God. All these years I heard this story. Why, why I never put two and two together? How come I didn't catch that before? The next day, Paul and Silas are set free by the magistrates. And if that's true, if God sent men to give the order to free Paul and Silas, doesn't God know everything? Doesn't God always have a plan? So let me ask you this. If God knew he was sending men to free Paul and Silas, what was the point of the earthquake? Somebody answer that question. What was the point? Why would I have this big old earthquake to free these prisoners if I knew I was just going to send the officials legally the next day to free them? Why would I do that? And I love what the Holy Spirit said back to me in my spirit that that earthquake was never about the freedom of Paul and Silas. That earthquake was about the freedom of the jailer. I'm here to tell somebody today, you may feel like that jailer and God wants to shake you up to start you on a journey with him. See, sometimes for real freedom to happen, somebody gotta be shaken. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you've been sitting in your comfortable space and God says, I wanna shake you at your core. I wanna shake you at your foundation because let me tell you, you are captive, but I'm the God that has come to set the captives free. If you believe it, say amen.
The earthquake wasn't about Paul and Silas. God already had a plan for their deliverance. The earthquake was the shaking that the jailer needed in order to be free. And that is the journey of the jailer. If you believe it, say amen. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.